Hey, uh, I know if you were here, if you got in here early and you sat out and you saw the video, there were some dad jokes. Anybody see those? Anybody see the video? A couple of you saw some dad jokes. Well, do you know that I work with one of the greatest dad joke tellers in history? And his name is Cameron Moore. I'm serious. Cameron, I'm telling you, he's got some dad jokes. And so these are, these are his top five funniest dad jokes. All right. Everybody, everybody with me? Maybe top six. All right. Why does a golfer wear two pairs of pants? He might get a hole in one. Yes, yeah, Cameron, that was great, yes. All right. How do you stop a bull from charging? Take away his credit card. Yes, yes, you guys have heard Cameron before. All right. They get harder. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Yes, thank you, Jared. If they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. They'd be bagels. What do you call a beehive without an exit? Unbelievable. Yes, yes, yes. All right. If you get this one, all right. What veggie is cool, but not really that cool? Radish. Oh, hey. All right, last one, last one. All right, what do you call two monkeys that share the same Amazon Prime account? <laughs> primates, primates. All right, there's nothing greater than being a dad. You know what? They don't have mom jokes. They have dad jokes. That's the one thing we got, guys. We got dad jokes, you know? Use them well, ride them, go with them. Don't let anybody tell you they're not funny. If, even if you're the only one laughing, you, you do that. And today we are going to celebrate dads. And, and I, I was, I was, I've shared this a couple times this morning, uh, just in our gatherings before everybody got here, is that Mother's Day and Father's Day are just different. That Mother's Day, you know, it just seems like it's a, this time where, you know, moms want everybody to be in church together. And I'm not saying dads don't want that. A lot of times, dads have other things that they want to do on the weekend or whatever they want there. You know, and I look, I, I'm not. But a part of it, a lot of times, is that the reason why I think dads don't really want to come to church or may not want to be here on Father's Day is they just don't think they're doing it right. I think if you're honest as a dad, we all, have, and I, I know moms too, but I know as dads, I know as, there's a lot of times where you're just wondering, am I doing it right? And sometimes Father's Day is a difficult day. Maybe things aren't going well in your family. Maybe there's some disappointment with yourself. Maybe you're one of your children are estranged. Maybe there's regret. Maybe there's failure. Maybe you don't feel like you live up. You'll hear me say from time to time in messages, I'll tell my kids at times, you needed a better dad today. I didn't have it. I didn't have it today. You needed a better dad. Just honestly, that's the honest conclusion I can make from this. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about three ways to be a, a great dad. And the message, again, is geared towards dad, but I think it, it applies to everybody. Uh, the scriptures always apply to everyone. And three ways to be a great dad. And, and I want to just preface this by saying it's not too late. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what your past has been like. I don't care what your family's like. It's never too late. It's never too late. 
And so I'm going to jump in here and just talk about, here's our verse for today. Verse for today is this. Now, O, o people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what the Lord requires of you. And I'm going to take this first, apply it to dads, to do what is right to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. That verse uh, Micah gave, uh, he was a prophet, and he gave to the people because they had drifted, they had wandered, even their leaders weren't doing the right thing. And he's reminding them, he says, look, this is what the Lord wants you to do. This is what, this is what, he, this is what he wants. This is what he's requiring, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And so we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about what that looks like, especially in the role of dad. The first is this. Set the example, set the example, set the example. And the scripture says, do what is right, do what is right. And, and, and I can tell you a hundred stories of when I did the right thing as a dad, but I can tell you a bunch where I didn't do the right thing. I can tell you where I didn't get it right. And uh, I never forget that one time Leslie and I had gotten to a dis disagreement. We don't argue because I'm a pastor. You know, we don't do that. So we don't argue. We just disagree. And as a matter of fact, I didn't even want, she started it. I'm kidding. I was, I was, <laughs> she came at me. I just had to defend myself as what was going on there that day. And anyway, we got in this argument and I said some things that I shouldn't have said. Anybody ever done that? Maybe, maybe you can't raise your hand in church, but I, I do. I was harsh. And I never forget, we got in the truck and it was me and two of the boys. We're riding down the road. And one of them says, Hey, can we talk about what just happened? And I'm going to stop right here before we get in the story. Leslie and I have always tried not to argue in front of our kids, always tried. 99% of the time we don't. And I just want to say this. If you want a great parenting tip, you came here today, you want to hear, stop arguing in front of your kids. Doesn't do anybody any good. Shut the door, go back in the back bedroom, slug it out and come back smiling. You know what I'm talking about? Don't do it in front of your kids. But in this moment, they saw me be harsh. When the kids, one of my kids said, hey, I want to talk about what just happened. I said, yeah, go ahead. And I'm driving. And they said, that was awful. I was like, yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> and they said, you didn't do anything that you said in the Bible study when we studied the Bible that week. And our lesson that week was everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I was sitting there riding down the road. I was like, oh my gosh, my kids are calling me out. I said, yes, well, you just be quiet. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sit by there and be quiet. We're driving. I'm like, and I tell people this. The reason why we set the example is because more is caught than taught. Our kids are always watching us. They're always, they're always looking. Uh, and, and even as adults, even if you've got older children, it, it, it never stops. You are setting the example. You're setting some kind of, you just are. You and I, were setting example. And so I'm saying, he says, do what is right. I'm saying, set the example, set the, set the bar. This is where the bar is. And this is, this is where it's going to be. I'm setting the example. And, and, and this is the way God has set it up as, as leaders of our families, that, that that's what we're supposed to do. That man, we ought to do what is right. Our kids ought to know, man, my dad, is going to do what's right. I, I remember Andy Stanley telling the story of, of his dad. His dad was Charles Stanley. Uh, two great pastors talked about when his dad first became uh, the pastor, First Baptist of Atlanta. He hadn't become first the pastor yet, and they had this congregational meeting, and the congregational meeting just turned ugly. Like when I tell you, it turned ugly, and a guy got up out of the crowd, and Charles Stanley was standing on the stage, and the guy slapped his dad in front of everybody. And Andy said he saw it. 
And he said he saw how his dad reacted. He said his dad didn't miss a beat. His dad didn't bow up. His dad didn't jump up. His dad didn't get mad. His dad just kept going and talking about where he felt like the future of the church was going to be. And he said, Andy, Andy, if you read his book, he says that was the most pivotal point in his life where he saw his dad do the right thing. And I know some of you are sitting there going, I don't even know if that's the right thing, but I'm telling you, it's hard to do the right thing, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to do the right thing. And so I'm going to walk through some areas here that Paul talks about. And like, again, if we go to the scripture, the next scripture, it just talks, Paul talks about, and he's talking, Paul's talking and he's talking to everybody. He's talking to Timothy. He's talking to everybody. He says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Forget that part unless you are young. This is an example. He says, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. And I'm going to walk through these for just a second. Man, set the example in the way you love. That Man, you're going to love people. Set the example in your faith, in the, and, and, and just that your kids see that your faith is real in what you do. You're serving, you're being generous, you're keeping your word, that you're keeping the bar high. Set the, set the example in your purity, not only in what you do, but in what you approve. That man, you you know you, that you approve things that are pure, and like I know the bar is hard and uh, high and everything. Like that, but man, that is what our kids are looking for because more is certainly caught than taught. But then he goes on to say, until I get there, focus on the reading of the scriptures to the church and encouraging the believers and teaching them. And here's here's something I think, man, if you want to you want to be a great dad, read the Bible in front of your kids. Let them see you reading the scriptures. Let them see that it's important to you. How about have family devotions together? Spend some time talking about God's word and, and do that together. It's time praying together. That, that this all sets the example and, 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 and it makes a huge difference. Way more than you think. So the first thing is, is to set the example. Second thing is, is, is to be the biggest cheerleader. Be the biggest cheerleader. Now listen, as a, as a dad, I'm going to tell you, I've got some cool moments as a dad that my kids have given me. Some great experiences of, of being at their events, of seeing them achieve, of get awards. Man, it is awesome, super great. And I was, I tried to be their biggest cheerleader. I tried to be. Tried to be their biggest cheerleader. And whatever they were doing, tried to be their biggest, sometimes pushing a little bit too hard, but, but trying to be their biggest cheerleader. But I want to talk to you about being a, a cheerleader in a different way. So the next phrase says, to love mercy. I want to talk to you about being the biggest cheerleader of mercy. See, it's really easy to cheerlead when your kids make straight A's. It's really easy to cheerlead when somebody hits a home run or you're at an award ceremony and your kid's gotten awards, or, or if they've done something of significance and you're there, man, it's really easy. And I look, enjoy the, every one of those moments. My most powerful moments as a dad was when I showed mercy. And I didn't do it well all the time. All transparency, mercy doesn't come natural to me. I did not grow up in a home where Mercy was naturally given. I grew up in a home where it was tough it up, wipe it off, keep going, keep working. You're fine. I mean, I, and I've kind of, we've lived in that world. But one of my kids brought up a time where something bad happened in their life. 
It wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't life-threatening, but it was in their world. It was bad. And they said my first response was not great. Again, more is caught than taught. But they said they remembered me holding them as they cried. Telling them it was going to be okay. You and I as dads ought to be the biggest cheerleaders of mercy. Our kids are not going to get it right. Even as adults, they're not going to get it right. So I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like. What does it look like to be a cheerleader of mercy? It means being a refuge and having compassion. This is not enabling. This is not taking a blind eye. This is not telling your kids do whatever they want. It's, it's not uh, just giving in. As a matter of fact, I, I, I'm going to tell you, the, I've told you a bunch of stories. I'll tell you a story when uh, Leslie and I were the most horrified. We used to have a camping group at the church. We used to have a camping group, and some of y'all remember, we, we'd go camping together. I, I know Nick and Jenna, I remember Jenna's family, but we used to have a camping group where a bunch of people in the church would go camping together, and it was actually a small group, and they, they'd camp together a certain amount of times a year. We went on this camping trip, and Leslie and I didn't usually go camping that much. We went a handful of times. Uh, we didn't have a camper, so we'd have to borrow one. We did camp, tent camping one time, one time. <laughs> one time. That was enough for me. Anyway, we borrowed a camper. We went camping, and there's about... I guess there's probably 50 or 60 people there from the church. There's a lot of people. And it was this little girl's birthday. And they were cutting the cake out. And they were giving out slices of cake. And they put one in front of my son Mitchell. This is that girl's birthday. She walked over and grabbed that piece of cake. And he punched her in the face in front of everyone. Now, mercy on that day was I didn't kill him. You know what I'm saying? That was mercy. <laughs> but here's the thing about mercy. Mercy on that day was not me looking the other way. He's going to get a spanking. Does everybody understand that? That is behavior that cannot, I cannot be tolerated. So I, I, I mean, we did. But after that is how the mercy comes in. Mercy does not mean that you don't punish or discipline. Mercy is like, a, uh, I, you know, when God deals with us, the scripture said that God disciplines those he loves, but that is an act of mercy is when you discipline someone when they do something. Because it's kind of like someone, ha you go into the doctor and you've got a broken leg and he puts a cast on it. Yeah, that's, that's not the most favorite thing, but they, it provides healing. And so we, we're to be champions of mercy. And mercy doesn't mean just you're enabling, you're letting people go and everybody do what they want to do because God's merciful. No, no, no. Mercy is just simply understanding that I'm going to have compassion here. And sometimes the most compassionate thing I can do is to discipline, is to, to take care of this situation. Sometimes it is. But sometimes I think we forget this part of death. Man, our kids need mercy. But they're not going to get it right. Look at the scripture right here. He says, fathers, do not aggravate your children or they'll get discouraged. And there's a little bit of debate of what Paul's talking about aggravating. He's talking about just the way we live, the example we set, living with anger. But sometimes, man, we have the bar so high that our kids can't reach it. And we're just grinding, 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 and, and just keep going. And there has to be some mercy. 
Jesus said this. He said, God blesses those who are merciful. Man, you want, you want to be a great dad? Be merciful. <laughs> Figure out where that balance is because that's the way God deals with us. And, he, and, and here's, the, here's the, the, the blessing of it is that you'll be shown mercy because you don't get it right either and I don't either. And then Jesus gives us a great example of what this looks like in our lives. And he gives us a story of the prodigal son. This was uh, Jesus' uh, famous story. As a matter of fact, Charles Dickens said it was the greatest shortest short story of all time. He says, so when he returned home to his father, so he turned home to his father, and while he was a long way off, this guy had blown it. The son had blown it. He had messed up. Squandered it. Blew it. Probably done everything as a dad that we didn't want him to do. And while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. You know why he saw him coming? Because he was waiting. He's waiting. He'd been waiting. Been looking for him. It's going to come back today. Today's the day. It's going to turn back. It's coming back. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him, and get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Just a beautiful picture of mercy. you want to be a great dad, be merciful. Be a cheerleader of mercy. Let your kids know that you, they can come to you even when they've messed up, even when they don't have it right, even when things are not going well. Hold them, love them, care for them. So we set the example. Be the big cheerleader biggest cheerleader. And finally, you grow in your faith. Grow in your faith. And uh, this part right here, I, I love this picture of what it is that God wants from us. See, a lot of people think that God just has these rules, and you follow the rules, you follow the rules. And I, the first part I said, hey, you set the bar, and there's certainly some rules there. But this last scripture talks about walking humbly with God. You walk humbly with God. Just walk with God. God wants us to walk with Him. You want to be a great dad? Man, you grow in your faith. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Don't be satisfied. Great that you're here today. Great that you come to church, but, but you're going to grow in your faith. You're, I, I want to grow closer to God. I want to grow closer to God. And here's the crazy thing about when you, when you try to do things to grow uh, um, is that we overestimate the, um, the amount that can be done in one year. We underestimate the amount can be done in our life in 10 years. This is, this is a crazy thing. Uh, and, and I just, if you were to, if you were to take, let's just say that, that th this, this represents God. Terrible analogy, but it's all I got, okay? This represents God. And you're distant from God. You feel some distance from God. But you decide, I'm going to take one step towards God. One step doesn't seem like that's great. But you take one step a year, one step a year. 
one step here. Six or eight years, man, you're close, you're super close to God. Same thing, same principle with investing, same principle uh, with, with work and everything like that, that, that this whole principle of reaping what you sow, that if, that if we make this decision that I'm going to walk with God, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put some effort in, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to grow in my faith. I'm going to spend some time growing that again, if more is caught than taught, what an example that you're going to set for your kids. Man, I'm, I'm going to walk with God. And it's not as difficult as you might think. You're simply making this decision that I'm going to put God first, that I'm going to surrender, that I'm going to sacrifice, that I'm going to follow, that I'm going to, I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to let my kids see that God's real by the way it plays out in my life. Walk through one more scripture and then I want to do something a little bit different. Look at the scripture here. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. And again, this is like a, a companion verse from the one we read from Colossians. Paul's writing basically the same thing to two different congregations of people talking about don't provoke them, don't make them angry, don't, don't aggravate them to anger by the way you treat them. But he says, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, where are you going to get that instruction if you're not trying to do it yourself? Where are you going to get that instruction if you're not trying to get instruction from the Lord? You're going to get it from his word. You're going to get it through prayer. You're going to get it through by being at church, by getting in a group, by just making this decision that I'm going to try to grow in my faith. I'm going to try to grow. I'm going to try, I'm going to, try to do something that I haven't done. And I'm going to do it for me. But guess what happens? You know, the, the crazy thing about being a dad is this. Is that Surveys show this, that when the dad comes to faith, a larger percentage of the family comes to faith than if it's just the mom. Nothing against moms. Nothing. But there's this thing about dads, when the dad gets serious about something, and I'll give you an example. You ever lose the remote at your house? Come on, help me out here. This is, this is a major event in your family, isn't it? You ever lose the remote? What does the dad do? All right, stop. Everybody, we're going to find the remote. You ever had your dad do that? Stop. It's like life stops. We're going to find the remote. You know what everybody does? Everybody stops what they're doing and they go find the remote. <laughs> now think about that silly example. And I'm going to throw some things out. That's just, hey, we're going to go to church. We're going to have prayer time tonight. You go, I don't know how to pray, Gary. Yes, you do. You know how to talk, and you can pray. You're just going to talk to God. And if you don't want to say much, I'm sure your wife will jump in. And I know your kids will. They'll pray about some crazy stuff, but it'll be all right. Use my frog. It'll be okay. Just think about it. if you said, hey, we're going, to, we're going to start praying together as a family. I'm going to throw some things out here. Think about the impact. If you say, we're going to go serve at the homeless shelter. We're going to go help someone. Or if you could tell your kids, we're not going to buy this. 
because we're going to give this to somebody else or we're going to give the, we're going to give to the church. You telling me that's not making an impact in their lives? It's making an impact in your life. It's making an impact in their life. So you can be a great dad. It's not too late. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you're doing great, man. I celebrate that. Knock it out. Keep knocking it out. Keep going. You're here today. But I want to share a couple of thoughts with you here. A lot of times in our lives, whether we're dead or not, when anything in our life, a lot of times we think it's too late for God to work in our lives. We think it's too late. We just go, it's too late. I'm too old. I've made mistakes. It's, it's, things can't be undone. And I was thinking about this this week. of a guy that, man, had to think this is too late. See, Jesus was on the cross, and he had two guys beside him, two thieves. And they're about to die. And the one thief, he had to be thinking, man, I've blown it. My life is almost over. It's too late for me. And he makes this simple request. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says something that's profound. He says, today, you will be with me in paradise. See, what I love about Jesus, what I love about God is that it's never too late. It's never too late. I don't care what's going on. It's never too late. This is a great lesson for you to hold on, and maybe I'll preach on another day. But it's never too late. That with God, it's never too late. Whatever's going on, it's never too late. You can be a great dad. You can have a great family. You can be a great follower of Christ. You can grow in your faith. You can set an example. You can be a cheerleader of mercy. All that can change. It's never too late. Never, ever. That that is the beauty of the message of the gospel is that it's never too late. And I pray that you hold on to that. I pray that you believe that. This is how I want to close today. Um, I'm going to ask you all to stand, so everybody stand. And if you're a dad, would you raise your hand? All right. Just want to do this. It's going to be a little awkward. But I want you to put your hands, everybody around, I want you to put your, place your hands on these guys. I'm just going to place your hands on them. This is something they did in the Bible. They, they, they laid hands on people and they prayed. We did this last Sunday when Cameron was ordained. We laid, laid hands on them. Just put your hands on a dad. And dads, I pray that you receive this as if the hands of God are on you right now. The hands of God are on you. Because the hands of God, people are on you. And we're going to pray. Father, we come to you. And Lord, you... Don't make mistakes. Every one of these guys is a dad for a reason. And Father, we lift them up to you today. Lord, I pray that they see that they could be a great dad, that you're working in their life, that you've got a plan for them, that you want to do things amazing in their lives and the lives of their kids. And so, Lord, I, I, as we're placing hands, Lord, I, I pray that these guys in the room will be examples of what is right. That they will set the bar, that they're going to live with integrity, and that uh, they're different. And their kids will see it. 
and there'll be times where they mess up and where they blow it just like I, just like me, Lord, and we, we pray for your forgiveness here. And that leads me into, Lord, I pray for these dads to be cheerleaders of mercy. That they'll lead families where they're compassionate. Even when things are not going well. And finally, Lord, I pray for these men to walk with you. That they would have a rich relationship with you that they would pursue you, and Lord, they would see that you're pursuing them, that you're right there, you're right there with them, that, that you said this, you be with me, that you were right there. The promise of, of the gospel is that we would have a Savior who is with us. And Lord, I pray for the impact of these men, not this, just this year, but the next 10 years and beyond. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you for being here today. Next week, we start the new series, uh, Summer in the Psalms. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day, guys.